This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, we talk with the weather office about the snowstorm, which dumped 5 to 40 centimeters of snow in parts of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt. We also visit with the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities about this welcome precipitation for the Grain Belt that's been described as very dry in many parts of the province. As well, SARM hosts a midterm convention next week in Saskatoon, and we ask Ray Orb about it. Protein Industries Canada hosts a major food conference in Toronto last week to promote Saskatchewan-grown crops, we hear about issues around farm supplies. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Bruce Molly. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The Saskatchewan Grain Belt received more moisture in a weekend snowstorm from an Alberta clipper. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says the clipper brings quick dropping temperatures, strong winds and blowing snow. Highways were closed in snow and icy roads. The Rajan area received an estimated 15 centimetres or about 6 inches of wet snow. Here's Terry Lang. We saw some really heavy snows through the northeastern grain belt and towards east central regions. We saw upwards of 30 to 40 centimeters of snow. And it doesn't tend to blow through there, but there was quite a bit of snow, so that really played havoc. Through more central regions, like through the northern grain belt, Saskatoon, probably got about 5 to 8 centimeters of snow, but with the wind gusts as high as they were, they just polished up the roads. and uh, It was just so nasty through there. More southwestern sections didn't see as much in the way of snow, but the wind gusts were extremely high, so it sort of depended on where you were and uh, what you kind of ran into. Centimeters of snow is expected today in the Regina area. Well, we have another weather system uh, moving through over the next 24 hours, and this is a Wyoming low, and what that does is it brings in more snow across southern Saskatchewan. For Regina, we'll start to see the snow pick up this afternoon, continue through the evening, and probably overnight finally tapering off in the morning. So we are looking for more snow, probably upwards of another 10 centimeters of snow. The winds are forecast to pick up again. Not as strong, mind you, uh, with this particular system but wind gusts probably 60 to 70 kilometers per hour so we'll probably see those highway conditions start to deteriorate again through the afternoon and and evening time and once that system finally moves through we're going to see some colder air move in and it's really going to feel like winter. Lang says winter has arrived. And we are losing daylight daily so as we plunge towards the longest night uh, in the middle of, well, towards the end of December. So, yeah, we're kind of into it now. It doesn't look like the weather progs or the weather models are showing any kind of substantive warming. So it looks like the snow is here to stay. Lang says the winter outlook is difficult to forecast, but the La Nina weather pattern will have some impact. 
We are in a third winter of La Nina conditions, which is the temperature of the water off the coast of South America, which tends to offset the jet stream. So with La Nina conditions, when they're moderate to strong, we tend to get colder than average winters with above average precipitation. This is looking like sort of a weak La Nina. And we've only had a couple other examples of when we've had three La Ninas in a row. So we'll have to see if that persists. But in general, it's supposed to be a colder than average winter, although we're not seeing too much in the way of indications that it's going to be above average. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. SARM President Ray Orb says the weekend snowstorm will help replenish dry soil moisture reserves. The weather office has snowfall ranges from 15 to 40 centimeters in much of the grain belt. Orb says the precipitation is good news, particularly in the dry southwest part of the province. Well, I can tell you that the snowfall is really welcome. It's really nice to see, uh, you know, the snowfall this time of year. I think most farmers would have wrapped up, uh, you know, of course, their harvest. But the, the other work after harvest, I think most of that is uh, is also completed. You know, for the livestock producers especially, uh, you know, in the southwest, I think the more snow they get, the happier they'll be because they were really in a drought situation. And, and uh, you know, it means uh, in the spring, hopefully some, some dugouts, some some watering holes that fill back up. But for the crop growers, you know what? A good start for the spring moisture. So it certainly will help the replenish the depleted soil reserves because it was so dry this summer. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know, we've been watching that. Uh, we noticed there was, you know, a big part of the province that was still dry this fall before the freeze-up. So any, any more snow, we're looking like maybe later this afternoon we'll be getting some more than the southern half anyway. And it's always welcome, that's for sure. Now, you've got the SAR midterm convention coming up later this month, November 16th and 17th in Saskatoon. What do you see as some of the highlights? Well, you know, we've got a chance again to meet face to face. So I think, you know, with the ongoing issues we're having, you know, right now with, with COVID and some of the viruses that are going around, it's nice again to be back to a midterm convention where we can stop and, and we can talk to each other, we can network. But definitely are things that, are, that stand out. Uh, we've got a lot of workshops. Uh, we actually have two different days where we're, we're dealing with some workshops, and those are always important to our members. It's looked at, I think, uh, as being a working convention. Midterm convention has always been a working convention, and uh, we're glad, again, to have good participation in that. Particular interest as well uh, that I would flag would be the crime panel. Uh, on rural crime, we're actually going to have a panel discussion with Assistant Commissioner Rhonda Blackmore from the RCMP, also Tim Broad, uh, the president of the Rural Crime Watch Association in Saskatchewan, and myself, you know, to, to ask and to answer some relevant questions about what's happening with rural crime around the province. Also, uh, Robert Friedberg, our chief firearms officer, uh, will be speaking the second day of the convention. I know many people are interested in that and always interesting to everyone are the resolutions. Uh, we have a resolution session for the first day of the convention. We have 26 resolutions that we'll be discussing then. One thing about rural sure. crime, Ray, the province announced a marshal's service. They're bringing in, I think it's 70 <laughs> extra policing people. Your thoughts on that? 
Yes, it's definitely something that we're interested in. Uh, we haven't spoken to Minister Tell yet about this, but I'm sure we'll be having a conversation in the very near future about this. Certainly something we'd be uh, wanting to look at. Uh, anything that happens that uh, happens in you know in rural Saskatchewan that would hopefully curb rural crime is something that we'd be interested in. Ray Orb is the president of... Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I'm Kelvin Hepner for Real Agriculture, and we're talking about strip tillage best practices with Jody DeYoung Hughes of uh, the University of Minnesota. And Jody, when it comes to strip till, I, I know one of the the questions farmers who are getting into it might ask is, is it better to do it in fall or in spring or or both? What, what's the best practice? Uh, well. Uh, the university answer is it depends, <laughs> and and it does it. It you know if a lot of times they want to do it in the fall because they don't have time in the spring. It's get out and get, if you can get in the field, you want to plant, and then it depends what kind of uh, equipment they have. So in the fall, you can use a shank or the coulter system, but in the spring, I wouldn't use the shank. Uh, especially if it's wet, it can really smear the soil. So instead, some of the companies have where you can take out the shank and put in double coulters, and that way you can you use the shank in your heavier grounds and in the, the fall, and then in the springtime or on your lighter grounds, you can use the lighter implement, which works pretty darn good. Yeah. What do you recommend when it comes to moving rows over? Uh, some farmers, uh, of course, are also experimenting with controlled traffic farming. Mm-hmm. What are the best practices when it comes to that? Well, if you're controlled traffic... And if you're corn and beans, it is difficult to get the beans to plant right into that corn root ball. And so what we do is some farmers, they actually have twin row corn and single row beans. So then you can stay in the same area and not kind of be in the way of each other. Or you can have the berming discs. You don't have, let's say you're in 30 inch rows and you can move 15 inches and that that's fine. You know, then you end up putting down fertilizers in two areas and, and that's beneficial but the other thing that you can try if you want to stay closer to the old row is just make sure that your berming disc is not over the old corn row because you'll kick all that into your berm and you don't want that so if you want to move over say six inches you could do that but most of the guys just move back and forth and then they play around with um, you know 15 inch beans or twin row corn I know in in Manitoba, I think we often look to Minnesota for uh, for ideas on on how to grow some of these crops, and and strip till practices would be one of them. Uh, what what are some of the I guess bigger lessons that you have learned in in this part of the world when it comes to strip till practices and and just overall keys to appro- approaching it? Uh, one, have somebody to biggest one have a mentor have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of either a consultant or another farmer locally that's doing the same thing Uh, going to events that have farmers speaking about it and because you can try something and if it didn't work somebody may say oh you just had it pitched you know if you could change the angle just a few degrees it would have done this and it would have been okay instead of looking at it going that's it it doesn't work Uh, sometimes it's a really easy simple fix but if you don't talk to anybody you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. 
Do you see more of uh, the high tillage crops, potatoes, uh, sugar beets, uh, moving into strip till because of the the soil health uh, benefits of it? Um, I haven't really much with potatoes. Okay. Uh, root crops are difficult, um, but with sugar beets, we're getting more and more farmers because, you know, we're getting more extreme events. Last winter was one of the windiest on record, and they saw their great black topsoil blowing away, and they've been asking more and more about strip till. And we're finding that, yeah, the beet does really good in there. I do have a research question that I'd like to have done is, okay, so if you take the culture system and it makes more of a box, right, of, of tilled soil, or do you take the shank system that makes more of a V because your beet's the shape of a V? I don't know. That's why you have research. So one of these days I'm going to see if I can find the answer to that. But the guys who are doing it right now, they're using the ones with the coulters and it's working. Okay. What about uh, fertilizer practices when it comes to strip-till, Jody? Are there differences in terms of how growers approach it under a strip-till uh, regime versus a traditional tillage or, or no-till regime? Uh, in the fall, you can put down some P and K and depending where you're at, if you're not on sandy soils and you don't have really high rainfall, you can put down some of your nitrogen too. And in the spring though, you, you worry more about burn, especially if you're going to pull anhydrous or something. So they'll put down some of it at their end in the fall. They'll usually have a starter or pop up when they're planting and then they'll uh, side dress the rest of it. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no point but necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Snow today, 5 centimeters of blowing snow late this afternoon, and another 5 centimeters tonight. Wind east 40, gusting to 60, the high minus 6. Temperature steady near minus 5 overnight. Wind chill minus 17 tonight, and minus 8 overnight. Tuesday, cloudy, 60% chance of light snow tomorrow. Wind northwest, 20. The temperature steady near minus 5 and a low minus 12. Wednesday, cloudy, the high minus 13, the low minus 19. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 17, the low minus 20. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 17, the low minus 17. Saturday, sunny with a high minus 8, the low minus 14. Sunday, sunny with a high of minus 8. Normal high is plus 1 for this date, the normal low minus 9. The sun rose at 7.59 this morning. It sets at 5.25 tonight. And currently, around the province, the hot spot right now is Tide, Yorkton, and Estevan, both at minus 7. So we have the cold spot, Stony Rapids up north at minus 19. Once again, Estevan and Yorkton minus 7, Saskatoon minus 11, Swift Current minus 12, Weyburn is minus 8. Light snow in Regina minus 9, that's 17 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 40. Humidity is 76%, the barometric pressure is dropping 103.3. Light snow in Moose Jaw minus 9, winds are from the east at 34. Once again, Regina, light snow minus 9, that's 17 Fahrenheit.
This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada held an international plant-based food conference in Toronto last week. Protein Industries CEO Bill Gruel says the two-day conference drew over 250 food industry people from around the world. So this was a conference aimed at really showcasing Canada's plant-based food and ingredient manufacturing sector to the world. So we brought 250 delegates, most of which were from Canada, but about 50 people from outside the country, the Netherlands, India, the United States. We were really showcasing what Canada has to offer in terms of our ingredient manufacturing and plant-based food space. What kind of response did you get? You know, it was overwhelming. We were hoping for 200 delegates, and we ended up with 250. And the response was really, really positive in terms of the international community recognizing that not only does Canada have a great supply of ingredients because of the crop base that we produce, but highly sustainable ingredients. And that's all based on the practices that our farmers in Western Canada are employing when they grow highly sustainable, low-carbon footprint crops that really translate into what food companies are looking for today. What items seem to make the show the biggest interest? I would say what's interesting from uh, what we're doing here in Western Canada is that we've got a high volume of really unique ingredients. If you go to a grocery store today and buy a plant-based food product on on the shelf, the likelihood is that it's either soy protein or vital wheat gluten or a little bit of pea protein. What we have in Canada is a diverse set of ingredients coming down the pipeline. That's more volume of yellow peas, but it's also chickpeas, oat protein, lupins, all these other crops that we are producing at scale or are developing, that's really of interest to food companies because it offers new sources of protein with new functionality that they can create brand new food products with. So I would say one of the biggest takeaways and the biggest interest was the volume and diversity of ingredients that we can supply in Western Canada. That really piques the interest of food companies. Tell me a little bit more about these new food products. Just what are they and what are they going to simulate? Yeah. So if you go to the grocery stores today, I think most people will be familiar with the Beyond Meat Burger or the Impossible Burger. That's what we would call kind of the first generation of meat alternatives. Products that are trying to mimic ground beef. But the next generation of products, what we really got a line of sight into at the conference was what's on the horizon. And so a lot of companies are working on what I would call whole muscle cuts of meat. So not trying to replicate ground beef, but trying to replicate a steak or a cut of fish or even some seafood. So that's one category that we're really highly specialized, highly technical whole muscle cuts of meat. 
But then the next piece and some of the biggest markets that I think we're going to see in the, in the near term is what I call dairy alternatives. So that's plant-based milks and plant-based cheeses. A lot of advancements have been made in that area in the last little while. And again, the ingredients and the crops that we're producing here in Western Canada really lend themselves well to the, the big explosion in, in the alternative dairy market. How close are we to having those time-wise into the supermarket? Yeah, so certainly we're seeing oat milk and some of those alternative dairy products and, and, and alternative cheeses in the in the store today. I think what we're going to see in the short term there is improvement in the taste and nutrition and the quality of those products based on some of the innovation that's happening. If I think about those whole muscle cuts of meat, so that would be like a piece of fish that acts and looks like a normal piece of fish, but is is, is based on plant-based products. I think we're two, you know, two years away from those being widely available in the grocery store. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based protein industry. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A guest speaker at last week's second annual Ag Appreciation Evening in Yorkton was Synergy AG Chief Operating Officer Dave Fuller. Synergy AG is a retail chain of crop input stores that are 100% Western Canadian owned. Fuller says it's been a challenge meeting customer needs since the pandemic caused supply chain issues. Yes, we were close with our customers and, you know, we didn't always get the exact product customers wanted. We made sure we had a product to cover the acre to get, you know, the weeds controlled, the disease, the insects. And so we were close with the customers to understand the needs and with our suppliers and distribution to make sure we get them at the right time. So it was challenging, but again, communication and working together, we able, you know, we executed and we did well. Fuller says his business has learned from the experience. He says global fertilizer situation is just one of many issues they're keeping their eye on. Yeah, the, the fertilizer plays interesting. It's you know similar but different. I think our biggest challenges now is our is the European energy crisis, and so the challenge with that is you know what's Putin going to do tomorrow? What's Ukraine going to do tomorrow? What's the supply of energy to Europe going to do? And so there's lots of variables there. And again, we work, we watch that very closely, and we deal with some suppliers over there. And so we're talking to them lots and figuring out how you know transportation, what's available, what's not available, and timing and costing. Um, but we also deal with you know local manufacturers as well. And so it's it's a worldwide market and so there's lots of things at play and what we know today might be different tomorrow at 8 a.m. right and so we're constantly watching that and making sure we're securing product for our customers so it's an ongoing challenge for sure. Fuller says tensions between China and Taiwan also play into their decision making. Absolutely, yeah. So the China Taiwan a little more on the chemistry side. The, the Russia European is a little more on the fertilizer side. So that, yeah, again, what happens when's China going to invade Taiwan? If that happens, it's going to affect a lot of things on a lot of the active ingredients for sure. Fuller adds the Russian invasion of Ukraine is causing a great deal of uncertainty as well. He says pressure to reduce fertilizer emissions by 30 percent by the year 2030 is also weighing on the industry. Well, for sure, it's a huge challenge as we look at. 
um, you know, if, if they are going to mandate a reduction 30% of fertilizer use, that's it's huge for the world, to be honest, because we, yeah. we're going to reduce our production of food for the world, right? And the challenge is our government doesn't see that. Um, but yeah, for sure, from our side, you know, working on the, on the agronomics, if this does come to play, how do we maximize the use of our fertilizer to not limit the pr productivity on those acres? And so, you know, we're working on lobbying the government with other producers as well, because, you know, that's the last thing we need is to have this come through. But if it does, we also don't want to be wake up one morning to realize it happened. We're doing, you know, agronomic things and different things we can do to try to minimize the risk and hope we can get, you know, there's a lot of things that our customers are doing. We're, you know, we're managing that fertilizer very well now, and that's the challenge. Our government doesn't see that. We're not wasting fertilizer now. It's, it's high value, and we're doing lots of, you know, pretty innovative agronomic things right now to make sure we're not. You know, quotation marks wasting fertilizer, but government doesn't see that. So we got to find ways that um, we can continue to do better agronomically. Um, and if we do end up getting cut on our fertilizer, we got to find a way to make sure we're not losing on the yield. So it's it's a huge concern, absolutely. Dave Fuller is the chief operating officer for Saskatchewan-based Synergy AG. Saskatoon-based Nutrien sees a bright future in the coming year for its crop supply business. The latest outlook says global grain stocks to use ratio, excluding China, are expected to decline to the lowest level in more than 25 years. The drop is driven by reduced corn and wheat production expectations in the U.S. and Europe. As a result of tight supply and demand balances, spot prices of corn, soybeans and wheat are up 25 to 50 percent compared to the 10-year average. And Nutrien expects strong futures prices to provide an incentive for farmers to boost production in 2023. The U.S. projects Ukraine grain exports will decline 44 percent year over year in 2023, in large part driven by reduced production levels. In South America, drought in Argentina is affecting production, but planting conditions in Brazil are favorable. The U.S. Agriculture Department announced more than $223 million in grants and loans last week to help small and mid-sized meat processing plants expand to help boost competition in the highly concentrated industry. The effort is expected to increase cattle and pig slaughter capacity by more than 500,000 head a year and help poultry plants process nearly 34 million more birds while adding more than 1,100 jobs mostly in rural areas where the plants are located. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain markets were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for Durham gained $6.98 at $4.98.50. Canola rose three dollars thirty cents at eight fifty four twelve. Number one red spring wheat went up nine forty nine at four thirty three zero five. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley three sixty seven eighty seven. Chickpeas nine twenty five ninety five. Flax seven fifty two ninety eight. Lentils seven sixty eight fifty. Oats two eighty nine thirty two. Yellow peas four sixty nine zero eight. And feed wheat two eighty nine fifty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for December rose 12.5 cents at 9.60. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Bring the Mark Report, direct from Heartland and Swift Card. We had... 
7,500 calves and cows on offer last week. Cows sold three to five dollars lower, averaging 85 cents. Large volume of calves moving. Good quality calves sold strong with lots of buyers on the market. Here are the quotations. Steers, three to four hundred pounds, three twenty to three thirty fives, tails up to three fifty, three to four to five hundred pounds, three dollars to three thirty five, five six hundred pounds, two seventy five to two ninety nine, six seven hundred pounds, two thirty five to two sixty two and a half. Heifers, three to four hundred pounds, two fifty to two seventy, four to five hundred pounds, two twenty to two fifty five, five six hundred pounds, two twenty to two twenty five. Six seven hundred pounds, two dollars to two twenty-five. This week we got three thousand calves for Thursday, four thousand for Saturday. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices: two hundred twenty dollars forty-seven cents per CKG. Coming up, the res- this is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. SAS Power has announced 700 megawatts of new renewable power generation for south-central Saskatchewan by the year 2027. SAS Power says the new capacity will include new wind and solar generation for the region. Details on specific project locations will be available in coming months. SAS Power spokesperson Joel Cherry says the project brings the power company closer to its goal of cutting emissions. The big way we're going to get there is by adding more non-emitting energy. Wind and solar are, are the two, uh, other than hydro, uh, primary sources of non-renewable energy we have in Saskatchewan. The new capacity we're looking to add will include 400 megawatts of new wind generation and 300 megawatts of new solar. SAS Power is on track to reduce its CO2 emissions by at least 50% from 2005 levels by the year 2030. In total, SAS Power plans to add up to 3,000 megawatts of wind and solar generation by the year 2035, a major transformation in the power grid. On the markets, the TSX is up 42 points to 19,492. The Dow has risen 219 points to 32,622. Oil has gained 63 cents at 93.24 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.10 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.